With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show. This segment brought to you by our friends at Kugler Vision Laser Correction uh, Vision Surgery, Nate Klaus. Um, not with us today, but he had a great experience with Kugler Vision. Uh, went in, got his consultation, got a surgery done. Uh, no more glasses, no more contacts. For Nate, I'm sure he's using that laser vision now, Robin, uh, driving home in, in the massive snowstorm he's fighting on I-80. Yeah, good timing with that. And I can guarantee you that Nate will be seeing 2020 in 2020. <laughs> Ooh, nice. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for the mailbag. Uh, Robin Washhead, Sean Callahan, and for one final time, Mike Wheeler. Mike, first of all, man, we've enjoyed having you on the team for uh, the last year and a half plus and um, it's been great getting a chance to work with you the, over this time here at Oscar Online. Yeah, I mean, guys, this has been a great experience for me. I, you know, I started out with Scout as a freshman, uh, went with 24-7 for a bit, and then moved over with you guys, and it's just been an awesome time. I mean, I've learned a lot from you, and uh, it'll be sad day, you know, when I walk out the door here. All right, well, what do you got? What's in the mailbag this week? All right, we'll start out here for a future uh, roster question. What is the most likely, or who is the most likely freshman or redshirt freshman wide receiver to break into the rotation and be a major contributor in 2020? I mean, you got to say, obviously, Omar Manning's not a freshman, so you can't say him, but Xavier Betts is, is where I think you start this conversation. Um, maybe Darian Chase, because he was the one that got on the field. Um, those are the two... I haven't seen Marcus Fleming really play or be in person, but I would assume he's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, Nance is probably in that conversation as well. But um, if he couldn't get on the field last year, then you know what's to say he's not going to get passed up. But opportunity will be abound at that position, no question about it. What do you got next? All right, guys. Uh, so a couple All-American, high school All-American games coming up this week. Uh, what are you guys expecting to see from Nebraska signees Turner Corcoran and Keyshawn Green in the uh, All-American game and then Henry Gray in the Under Armour game? Well, yeah, and uh, Blaze Gunnerson injured. Otherwise, he'd be in the All-American Bowl. Um, I know uh, Turner Corcoran looks looks the part. He's an early enrollee offensive lineman. Um, so I'm excited to see how he ha- handles that, that week. Um, you know, Keyshawn Green, I think when you look at freshman defensive guys, he might be the best. And what he can bring at that uh, inside linebacker. You look at the secondary, Henry Gray. Um, there's four freshman defensive backs coming in. Three of the four early enrollees. That is a group where you might be able to see um, one or two of those guys get on the field next year. Now, Sean, you covered a bunch of these things over the years. What's the biggest thing a guy, a player, can take out of this? I mean, obviously you're playing against elite competition, but are the practices like just as valuable for those guys maybe as the, as the game itself? The practices are more valuable. Um, they've scaled it back. I, I've been to many of many of these deals where I've gone the whole week and I remember what used to happen is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they would do two a days. They don't do that anymore. And everybody would be so excited to be there. I mean, and they would go so hard that guys would get hurt the first mm-hmm. day. It was kind of like the senior bowl in the NFL where all these guys are on the field and it would, they would have to kind of scale it back. Um, but one thing I would say is it's easy to go like all hot take and make, you know, like I remember one year 
we downgraded DeMarco Murray from a five-star to a four-star because he just didn't look good the entire week. Well, probably should have kept him as a five-star. Yeah, um, maybe. Andrew Luck, um, did, you know, I think we kept him as a four-star. Um, he wasn't a five-star, if I remember right, but um, you know, he should have probably been ranked even higher, but he didn't look good in San Antonio. He didn't play well where there was – a guy from Arkansas um, that went to go play in the Gus Malzahn system that year. Mm. And, you know, he looked like a million bucks in that game. And, you know, everybody thought he was the second coming, never did anything in college. So I think one thing is you can get a little carried away with all-star games and, and say like, all right, you know, this guy dominated that stage. It's a sure thing that he's going to be a dominant player, but it's still a whole different deal when you get to college. Yeah, as long as there's not a, a repeat of Noel Paul Gates trying to take out Wandale Robinson on a play in the game, uh, then you consider and, it a success. And that's what you look for, like Noel, not Noel Paul Gates, but Wandale Robinson, just the flashes he showed. Like last year, Nate and Greg, are, when they went down there, they got so much out of that just to see Wandale and, and – you know, no one around here had really gotten like footage of him like that. So um, that's what we try to go for um, when we're covering events like that. Well, I mean, you know, kind of going off of that, I guess this is kind of my own question here, but do you think Turner Corcoran can push for that five-star? I mean, depending on how this game goes? I think he's got a chance. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm more interested what he can do when he gets here in the spring um, because I think we're so set on Bryce Benhart maybe being the guy, but could Corcoran – push or is Corcoran just going to be the heir apparent to Hymas and play four games redshirt and then be the four-year starter after Hymas um, you know I think there'll be some really really good debate then Teddy Prochaska comes in the following year so Nebraska has three consecutive years where they'll have a national top 100 tackle they have not had any rivals 100 tackles in the history of the rivals rankings and they've got three in a row coming in so that's exciting, and I think Corcoran, when you look at him compared to a Ben Hart, is developmentally ahead of Ben Hart, but maybe Ben Hart obviously is a little bit bigger physically. All right, guys. So we'll head over here to recruiting. Uh, do you need to, or do we need to worry about Avante Diggerson maybe going elsewhere for college other than Nebraska? He's a very hard guy to read. Um, I think it's more a matter of how much can this staff get around Avante Dickerson. If you're not familiar listening, he's a national top 250 recruit out of Omaha Westside. He's got Ohio State, Oregon, LSU, and Nebraska. Now, I don't believe Ohio State and LSU, if he called them and tried to commit today, they wouldn't let him commit. Um, I think it's they offered him to kind of get into the conversation. But I know LSU has told him that he has to go to camp still to commit. Um, so it, it is an interesting deal when you talk about committable and non-committable offers. Uh, but, yeah, that, that will be a battle. It's going to be kind of like an Xavier Watts deal um, with Nebraska, and hopefully the staff can build a relationship with Avante. All right, uh, we'll head over to basketball now, uh, Robin. In an evolution of Hoiberg's system, is there a place for uh, high-low post movement to open things up for shooters, and are we starting to see an element of that come into play? Uh, yeah, there certainly is, uh, and that's what you get with – uh, the types of bigs that um, Fred Hoiberg's recruiting, you know, not necessarily the, the traditional, uh, you know, 6'10", 260-pound centers, uh, but the guys that can move around. And being able to operate out of the high post is so valuable, especially when it comes to breaking zone defenses. And what's one kryptonite that's been Nebraska uh, for opposing defenses is when they drop into a zone, pack the paint, and make him beat him with three-point shooting. And so being able to get that touch in the in the high post, 
to create some spacing, um, you know, draw the defense in, kick it out to an open shooter. Uh, yeah, that was certainly a, a part of Hoiberg's offense uh, and one that will definitely be used more and more as they continue to get the types of guys that can create those mismatches in the high post. I mean, you just look back, like, when, when Nebraska was good last year, it was when Isaac Copeland was getting touches in the high post and being able to operate. And so I think that's exactly what you look for, especially, you know, when teams try to just dare Nebraska to beat them. Uh, you create those shots by getting touches in the paint, even if you're not near the basket. All right, we got time for two more, Mike. All right, so we'll head back over to recruiting. With the Huskers having no 2020 freshman recruits at defensive end so far, uh, can Nebraska really afford to miss on defensive end uh, class this year? Do you think that they can rely on the older guys in the program? Yeah, that's a, a great question because you know there is versatility um, with some of these defensive linemen. They can play inside. They can play outside. Um, but Nash Hutmacher, as we know, is going to be a, a true a true nose. Marquise Black can play both spots, the nose and the end, and the 3-4. Um, but I think in a perfect world, they would like to get – if they have two spots left they can use, they would like to maybe use one of those two for a high school defensive end. But it's got to be a guy good enough. Otherwise, they're going to hold those back for the transfer portal. All right, so last one here, guys. Uh, the NFL playoffs, uh, have their, they've now been set. Great week 17 capped off by a great Jeez. 49ers and Seahawks game. <laughs> uh, but do you guys, who do you guys have in the Super Bowl, and who do you have winning it all? It's so wide. This is about as wide open of a year because, like, so many years you could just say Patriots, but, I mean, it, it just feels like it's coming to an end for New England. I mean, I think Brady has shut down his, his uh, nonprofits and some of the things, like, it's almost like he's – closing shop in new england and mm -hmm. so you know is lamar jackson or Mahomes going to get their team to the super bowl and um i think you got to probably give the edge to baltimore right now and i would say i mean if new orleans would have got home field they'd be really hard to beat but having to take that show outdoors to maybe green bay um san francisco weather's not always an issue there but Man, that's a tough one um, in the NFC. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say Baltimore versus San Francisco. That's a pretty good guess. That's probably what I would lean towards right now. Uh, the fact that San Francisco was able to secure home field um, with that win um, on Sunday night was so valuable. <laughs> Maybe the most valuable like inch in regular season history, the fact that both those teams needed to be at home in order to really lock kept down the Saints. a path. Yeah, they kept the Saints you know, for, to have to play the wild card round. Um, so I think that the NFC is a crapshoot right now just because they have home field. Uh, I'd go with the Niners. I trust them far more than I do Green Bay. Um, and in the AFC, until someone shows me they can stop Lamar Jackson, I don't see who's beating Baltimore. I think Baltimore and uh, San Francisco make it, and Baltimore wins the Super Bowl. Kansas City did beat Baltimore, but that was early in the year. They did, and, and they'll have to beat him in Baltimore. So we'll see. What, what do you got, Mike? Well, you know, our listeners can't see it, but I am wearing my uh, Green Bay Packers uh, crew next hoodie here. So, uh, so I made, know, I'm made sure to put a shot at Green Bay on there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that one. So, you know, I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going to go Packers-Ravens. You know, the problem with Green Bay is the Green Bay Packers have won terrible all year. They haven't looked great. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I think, the Seahawks uh, will beat the Eagles pretty easily. Uh, but just getting another 49ers Seahawks game, I think, is going to be a good kind of uh, little NFC game. It'll be awesome. But the e two classics just this watch, year for watch. the, two the NFC East was the joke of the league, and now the, the Cowboys almost back the their stupid way. Eagles are going to win a couple playoff games and just make my month miserable. <laughs> well, Mike, hey, thank you, and uh, don't be a stranger. And when you need life advice, go on the Red Sea Scrolls and yeah, ask, ask all your questions <laughs> to the board because we've got a lot of guys on there that could give you lawyer advice and. 
relationship get advice. The, get the go finance major. Yep. You know, I don't need finance advice from uh, Red Sea Scrolls. <laughs> but hey, Mike, thanks a lot. Uh, we appreciate your time with us here and uh, best of luck here in the future. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, happy new year to everybody. And thanks here for joining us on this special post all decade edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.